Well, guys, hello, hello. It is your favorite duo, and we're back at it again. We're back again. <laughs> oh, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been so long. And we, like, I feel bad because sometimes we're like, well, actually, I think the last episode I might have, I think, was the last episode the episode that you, Laura, were like, and look, guys, you'll more than likely hear from us next week. Cute us <laughs> than me being like, Laura, that's the exact opposite of what we rehearsed to say, but okay, leaving it in. And then that was like months ago. We are aware that we do tend to like come and go. But like we get a bit overzealous is the problem. We get super <laughs> enthusiastic and then life gets in the way. Life gets in the way. I mean, I don't think we have much like trouble with that regard currently, as I'm sure we're all aware. Yes. Sadly, guys, sure look, we we all know what's happening at the moment. COVID is taking the world over and the world is on its head. So we all have a bit of free time now. Yeah, we've all way more time to like do our fun things that we all enjoy. But I think as well i mean i don't want to talk about corona anymore like i I just don't so moving forward this will be a safe place a safe happy place where we're going to just discuss the things that we discuss and have a good time doing it and hopefully you guys enjoy listening to us do that yeah hopefully what you call it we'll all just have a nice fun time guys and just it'll give us all another outlet to distract ourselves because i don't know about everyone else but jesus christ am i bored bored it is boring it's a boring time it is. You Although, try to be productive, Al. It's not easy. I know. It's not easy. But having said that, I have really been busy with my Animal Crossing island. Like, really flat out. Like, as in okay. busy. So, I can't wait to hear all about this because I don't own a Switch. And the thing is, I'm an Animal Crossing DS gal. Like, I'm like, OG, oh, going back in the day. Still even have the game. Tried to buy a DS there like a month ago when it was like 15 quid. Now they're like 80 quid because people are so bored that they want to play game consoles all the time. So, yeah, I'm not paying 80 quid for like someone's broken DS. So, Al, please tell me and tell everyone what's the difference? What's happening? Why do we love it? Okay, well, first of all, the difference. It's not majorly different. It's very much so still the same game. So the only real difference is this time you basically arrive on a desert island and you kind of build up the island from scratch and you obviously get new visitors. The visitors that come and live on your island are animals, hence the Animal Crossing. And you kind of like, they have personalities. You can talk to them. They give you gifts. It's kind of like the Sims, but then there's also this like whole like other element to it. it there's so many game features in it. There's just so many like areas for customizations and stuff like that. It's a real time sink. Um, it's, it's also played on a real-time clock. So, like, if I log on now, it, it'll be whatever time it is now. And I'm, I'm building a building. It won't be built, you know, like, in seconds. It takes days to build buildings and you have to come back to it. So, it's, like, it's very pastoral. It's very calming. It's very relaxing. It's also very grounding is what I is the term that I've been using. Like, it seems to center me. Like, I've been feeling a bit anxious or a bit like, ooh, which happens often, as we're all aware. I'll put it on and I just like lose myself in my own little world and I'll go fishing or I'll catch some bugs but like it's really good and I'm I've fully fully been bitten by the bug and I'm just obsessed with it I'm like if I'm not playing it I'm watching YouTube videos about it I'm talking about it on forums like I'm literally I'm just obsessed like I love this this sounds really wholesome very wholesome wholesome is actually a great word to describe it now there are flaws in it like the online systems are terrible and anyone else listening out there who actually plays video games outside of like Nintendo stuff it is it's it's so bad but it's like worth it it's sort of like when it works it's just everything is just okay and everything is fine and it's like it's totally worth it so even through all the bad decision making it's like yeah do you know what this game is still enjoyable and i still want to play it and i want to visit other people's islands and yeah so like if anyone's out there with the switch i would hugely recommend you go out and buy it 
Um, unfortunately, if you don't have a Switch, as I've been informed and as I've checked myself, they're actually sold out everywhere and you won't be able to get one until probably the end of April. But if you have a Switch, you're really missing out if you're not playing Animal Crossing. Well, it sounds so cute because what I love as well is I have a friend who... So obviously, guys, like we're not like meeting up and hanging out and everything like we used to be. Um, and so she had a birthday there this week and obviously couldn't like do anything with her pals. So instead, she did like this thing where she opened the gates of her island on Animal Crossing and any of her friends that had Animal Crossing, she's like, oh, yeah, just come to the island and we'll have a little party. And I just like, I'm like, that is so cute as an alternative. So cute. We I had a similar interaction a couple of days ago. We went over to one of the this, our friends for or our friends island, and there was like ten of us there, and we all like posed, and you can take like screenshots and take like selfies and stuff, and it's super cute. Like it's not going to be like it doesn't it's not challenging. It's not like if you don't like video games, like this is the game for you. Like it's not there's no like there's no bad guys, there's no enemies, there's no nothing. Like it's just a game. Whatever you want this game to be, you can kind of be. If you want to just come in and play every twenty minutes, you can do that. If you want to play for twenty minutes total during a day, you can do that. You know what I mean? I've just, today on Sunday, there's this new thing called the Stock Market, S-T-A-L-K. And this lady comes and she sells turnips and then she disappears. And then you can sell the turnips during the week for like, but the stock prices of the turnips go up and down and you like can cash out or like hold on to them. And it's this whole thing. Like there's just so many game systems in this tiny little cute game. And it's engrossing. It's literally, I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed. See, this is also why I'm sad that I don't still have my DS because my mom gave it to my cousin years ago and God Ugh. knows if he even still has it. Um, because I found all of my old DS games, Al. I have Nintendogs, I have Animal Crossing. What other ones do I have? Like, those are the only two that matter to me. I have like four or five that I found in my room pre-move. Oh, Alex, we haven't even discussed the move. Oh my God, we haven't. Yeah, okay. So we have, like we were discussing already, you know, we tend to come and go. We're not reliable. That's not our best trace. But we've had a lot going we're on. We're reliable friends. We have to front that. We're yeah, okay. People. No, we're very reliable friends. Yeah, we are good people. Oh, we're great people, Laura. We actually are. Oh, we are. Alex, we're gorgeous. Yeah, we are. But maybe podcasting-wise, you know, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot when we have both have full-time jobs and there's a lot going on. And Laura, you moved country. <laughs> so that was, a, that was an issue that we ran into slightly. Yeah, guys, I, I moved country for a hot minute. Um, for so- a sec. Just to to um, emphasize how short my move was, I got a text from my aunt this morning saying, oh, Laura, um, yes, so shortest emigration ever. I've had holidays longer than you emigrated for. <laughs> <laughs> because, so guys, I moved to Canada for anyone who doesn't know. I'm sure a lot of you do know. And um, yeah, I moved on March 6th, which was a Friday. And I came back exactly two weeks after that because the world uh, turned on its head. So... Yeah, so I was a bit preoccupied for, I'd say, at least two months before moving. So, yeah, that's pretty much January, actually. That's pretty much when we last uploaded an episode. So I take full responsibility for the fact that I have been terrible. And, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, nothing on Alex, obviously. He's yep. our golden child here. Mm-hmm. I am the black sheep. And look, Aim all I your will... hair. Yes, and I will, like, try make amends. That's all I can say, guys. Yeah, but obviously, like, you know, it's understandable you know you're a moving country like i understand you know it's thanks fine. al and you're guys right. next time alex will be coming with me so it'll be so much easier then <laughs> so much easier <laughs> both being the same thing it'll be four months then you know there'll be no podcasting happening exactly can't wait Cannot but wait. back to basics back to everything 
Animal Crossing is a go, obviously. If anyone has a DS out there that they're not using, slide into my DMs. I will buy it. I will borrow it. I will steal it. Whatever you want. I just want to play Animal Crossing and I won't be getting a Switch anytime soon. So someone please help, help your girl out. Okay, so enough about what I'm obsessed with. Laura, we've all this free time. Tell me what's taking up all this, all of this energy. Where are you putting it? Um, lots of eating, lots of sleeping. <laughs> um, <laughs> but besides doing that, I'll, I am back on my Netflix buzz. I was, I was mad into YouTube for a while, but I have to say, you know what really got me? Tiger King. What a freaking show. Amazing. What a show. So in like, I was enthralled. I was like, oh. Like I, I, I got it done in three days and I know that that doesn't like seem like a lot because there is only seven episodes and they're like maximum 45 minutes each. But guys, it is intense. Like I had to take a break after one of the episodes. I was like, whoa, that kind of shook me quite a bit. Like, so this is, I think, a fair warning now to say that there are definitely going to be spoilers in the next. I'm not too sure how long we're going to be spending talking about it. We haven't scripted anything. You guys know that we do this on the fly. But this is your spoiler warning. Yeah, we will be discussing details. And frankly, like, you know, yeah, that that was the warning. So from now on, you're here at your own peril. So Laura, I've also watched Tiger King. And let me tell you, I was totally enraptured with it. I couldn't take my eyes off it. Him as a character, Joe Exotic is the name of the main guy, if people haven't watched it yet. Just him as a person is very interesting. I feel like I could watch him do kind of anything. There, Like they say it in the show that he has this weird charisma and he definitely does like it's a weird type of energy but it's like it's very very interesting it's like it's fun to watch if just a little bit like what like what the hell is going on here like it's very he's sort like similar like similar like at the same time is like endearing but also like incredibly strange and off-putting you know there's like two sides to the man but um he was also i actually this wasn't the first time i had seen him he has an episode with louis thoreau which i assume was on netflix because i assume that's how i watched it and he was even like kind of like strangely magnetic in that as well and it's funny like it's a strange thing but basically that's what this documentary series follows it follows him and also to a lesser extent the story of all these other big cat rescue reserves that are kind of cropping up all over america the very first um still that we see of the series is something along the lines of there are like 3,000 like tigers captive in America or something which is actually more than is free in the wild globally so there are more tigers being kept in cages in America than there are in the wild which is mad it's crazy oh it's sickening yeah because I remember because I was only watching it there the other day and so I remember the figure and they're saying that there's 4,000 tigers in the wild globally and then there's five to ten thousand in cages in the US alone and it's sickening to think and guys particularly when you start watching the episodes and then you're hearing about cubs being euthanized and of tigers being euthanized as well like it's so upsetting because like this endangered species and people are just killing them because they're not they're not useful for entertainment value anymore it's so upsetting yeah, it is. It does. It is tough. It's not necessarily a hard watch. There's nothing graphing in it. There's nothing like that. It's just very. It's a very honest portrayal of the kind of big cat industry in America. Absolutely, and I think what's great is like Alex was completely describing Joe like to a T. Like the funny thing is like he's so polarizing because. 
there's something really enigmatic about him that you want to watch him but it's a bit of a train wreck as well it's kind of like you like some some of the things you're watching and you're a bit pained to watch because you're like kind of like oh like there's some things that can be quite uncomfortable and there's some things that you kind of wince at you're like oh my god I can't believe he's saying that I can't believe he's doing that and then there's times that even I was beginning to feel for him and I was kind of like ah poor Joe but that's the thing I think that's how he managed to get his hooks into people is that he must have had a quality that had people feel sympathetic towards him and I think that's where the loyalty came from and the fact that he was kind of giving this haven to all these misfits because he himself was a misfit but it was such a crazy world like the premise is for anyone who hasn't watched it again you gotta watch it guys Joe Exotic he owns a zoo um it's a private zoo and he has oh I think it's something like 227 tigers in the zoo but then he's got hordes of other animals. He's got all of these other big cats. He's got really, really rare endangered cats. He's got like camels. He's got he's got chimpanzees. He's got loads of other sorts of monkeys and other mammals, wolves, everything. It, it's kind of crazy. And it's spread over 40 acres. But they're all in these in these cages, which are just far too small for them. Because it's said in one of the episodes that it's something along the lines of that a tiger's usual territory. It's like, I don't know if it was 40,000 acres or 40 hectares, but like... Oh no, or is that the same amount? No, that's the same amount. But either way, like a tiger should be getting a lot more space than what was given in the zoo. Yeah, they definitely don't get have enough space or anything really. There are pictures of them kind of on top of each other and they don't seem to be very well entertained. But then, I don't know, like they're well trained and like there is a part of the episode where you see some worker, I can't remember her name, she's actually fairly prominent in the docuseries, but she loses an arm to a tiger for putting her arm Saf. inside the cage. Saf, yes. And so there's not a lot, it doesn't seem to be a lot of that. In, like, the, the humans seem to be well protected, which I always find is a, is a weird kind of place to be at because if there's, these things are supposed to be wild animals, you know what I mean? Like, so there should be, not that I want people to be losing limbs and stuff, but I thought it was funny that we only really had one of those things shown. And I'm kind of going like, are we interacting with the tigers enough? Are they, like, because it doesn't, nothing of this zoo tells me that it was particularly well ran, especially not if Joe Exotic was the, like, main guy. Because I just feel like everything is so slapdash and so all over the place. And so, even the main reception area of the zoo is just bizarre. It's like this weird shed and they've, like, like, flags and carpets and tapestries hanging from it. And it's, like, just all over the place. Like, there's no, like, professionalism about it. But he was making money. Yeah, exactly. Like, guys, when you imagine, like, rural side-of-the-road zoo in America, exactly what you're picturing is exactly what you're getting when you watch it. Like, it's literally fences that are being, like, erected by themselves, like, handmade by these, like, average Joes and everything. All of his staff members, they're people who don't have families who are convicts that he was able to kind of manipulate to stay and work there. Now, obviously, like, who wouldn't be enticed by working with big cats? Like, it, it's it's a job that not everyone gets to do. And I'm sure that a convict would kind of be able to jump for it because, sadly, they're not getting employed um, then once they have a record. So, of course, they're going to jump for this amazing opportunity. And so we only see that one serious injury in the show. But I'd say there could have been plenty more. And it's a case of, like as Alex was saying, like, you see that the humans are being protected. It's like, but are the animals being protected? And no, they're not, because you can see there's, like, this one one scene when Joe is, like, filming for his TV show, his online TV show, and there's, like, a liger that's, like, sniffing at his boots, and then next thing you know, kind of grabs his boot or the end of his trousers or both, and kind of just starts, like, dragging him along. And then Joe starts, like, shooting at, but doesn't actually, like, hit them but he starts like shooting at the the 
the animals so to like frighten them to get off him but like you know for a fact that he would have shot any any animal like in the brain because he's done that like he that ha- like we find that out at the end of the show that he did euthanize some of the animals and the only reason i imagine that he didn't do it was not because of his love for the animals but was because of the profit of keeping them and the entertainment factor that goes with having all of these animals especially the ones which are trained yeah, exactly. And it is, it's it's sad to watch, but it's also somewhere that, like, I also get the appeal of to visit. I also understand why people go and why people pay so much money to do these things. Like, it totally makes sense to me. And it's just, there's a lot of drama involved. It's not even, like, we haven't really talked about what it's about. It's not really, a, it's about the competition, I feel like, between all these giant zoos in this part of america but it's i don't know how did you feel at the start how did you feel about joe at the start and then how did you feel at the end did it change or was it like a consistent kind of opinion you had with him no i definitely had ups and downs with him so kind of at the start i was kind of like yeah makes sense yeah profiting off animals still loves them okay right yeah flamboyant guy wants to be a performer yeah can kind of see where this is going and then towards the end i was just kind of like especially because like so to give everyone a brief kind of synopsis of what happens, there's like Joe and then there is a wild cat um, uh, woman who, sorry, she, she runs a, a like a, a... big cat rescue is what it's called. Thank you. And her name is it. Carol Baskin. Yes. yes and she's this woman who also runs a kind of, I don't really know how, but she's kind of ended up not on the side of a zoo, but has ended up on the side of being a reserve and being basically a rescue center for these big cats. Yes. So then there's Carol and then there is um, Jeff who becomes Joe's business partner down the line. Then there's James who's another guy who didn't necessarily go into business but was kind of another player in it because like he kind of linked people to people and was, was there but wasn't invested in the zoo. He was more just kind of invested in the people. And then there's Doc who's another um, zoo owner. And so there's like loads, there's loads of players in the game. And you really get to see how toxic this industry is in the US and how much money all of these tigers are going for and everything that's happening. But it's kind of as you're going through each episode and you're seeing how they're all linked to each other and you're hearing voice notes or or anything that's recorded between the people. Like, for instance, Joe, now, apparently, what you call it, I, he was found guilty of it. He um, put out a hit on Carol Baskin with someone who was employed by Jeff, his his later on business partner and which i which i believe he did like to be honest like joe joe is crazy like the, the poor guy like he, he's paranoid like he, he goes off the rails and then so like he he, he kind of see that he's like he's kind of twisted and you're kind of like well you're trying to understand why like you're trying to understand like was it the environment was it him well, like what's happened and so at the end did i feel sorry for him i did but it's out of pity and not out of sympathy so like in the beginning i was kind of like yeah like enigmatic yeah i can see what you call it um that he just wants to be like famous and stuff like that but he does have love for the cats and then at the end like you see the fact that like he just didn't care for the animals anymore because there was a flashback video like 15 years prior to when the documentary was being made and you can see him and he was actually more of a conservationist and he was saying he's like he's like there shouldn't be breeding of these animals there shouldn't be cub petting there shouldn't be x y and z and then that's the person he turns into because in, in spot makes a profit as a fo- as opposed to the conservationist side so the beginning i kind of like sympathized with them was entertained by him and then at the end like i just pitied him yeah because i feel like at the start he is likable which is the issue like he's 
and he's very open it seems and th- like I said earlier there's a charisma to the man uh, but at the fr- there's a lot of up and downs because I feel like by about episode two I started to be like okay this is weird you start to hear about these husbands that he has and um, like how he kind of seems to even like bribe them into being with him and then it turns into like he's then becomes fixated with killing this Carol Baskin lady um, and then it's weird there's no villains or heroes though because even her I actually strangely I, I feel like I've only figured out kind of over the last maybe a couple of hours that this was like a controversial opinion to have but I actually kind of like her in a weird way I think she's weird yeah but I also kind of feel like she's like I don't know slightly more I don't know just in comparison to him she doesn't seem as outwardly evil or at least smart enough to play the game and that she knows that she has to play the like play along certain type of rules whereas he feels like he feels like a loose cannon like he feels like he can do anything at any time whereas with her I feel like she's at least controlled a little bit by the you know the society and whatever around her but she has dark spots and there's questioning whether she killed her husband or her husband who owned the zoo and paid for it and is very very wealthy disappears one day and has never been found since and there's this whole thing that he's in the septic tank in her zoo or that the tigers ate him and like even and it's plausible and it's definitely like she never seems to like really like basically the idea is that the husband just flew off and went somewhere else and has never gotten in contact or been found anywhere else which is highly unlikely but that's the only kind of defense that she has so that's her dark spot and joe seems to be that he just got caught up in the race the rat race of it all and stopped caring about the Tigers and started caring about his profit margins. And that's when it started to go. That's why we have documentaries about it, I guess, because if it was a really, like if we were all, if, and if all these characters, Carol, Doc Alt, Antel, whatever, if we were all acting on the best behalf of the animals, I feel like we could all kind of come to an agreement somehow. But without that, when you lose sight of that, then it just becomes this money-making scam. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's really just a game of ego. But even to go back to Carol for two seconds. So I can understand her likability because she's kind of kooky and you kind of like her in that weird way. You're kind of like, oh, you're, you're different. You're weird. But to be honest, there's something about her that I found really, really, really... It, it, she made me uncomfortable and I found her really calculating. And it's kind of when you hear things behind the scenes, but then you're kind of like, well, is this a he said, she said? Or is, the, is this really her? Like, for instance, so her, her second husband, the millionaire, the one that died... Um, there's a fair few um, interview portions with his first family and they're detailing like kind of how Carol held on to the um, held on to all of his finances and how so let's say his lawyer estimated that he was worth between five to ten million because he never disclosed how much he was worth so let's say he was worth 10 million they're like we saw 10 percent of that so the family, which was two kids and a wife, got one million quid and then the rest Carol kept on. And the thing is that didn't really make sense then is that his assistant, whose name I can't remember, it was Anne something or other. She said that she had his will and Carol's will and had a power of attorney over both wills. But then Carol broke into his office after he had disappeared and the wills had changed the wording. And it went from my power of attorney on disability or death to power of attorney over disability and disappearance. And the lawyer was like, he's like, never in all of my years working have I ever seen that phrase ever used in a will before. He's like, how, he's like, this is why it's so skeptical. This is why everything is like so dodgy because like, how, how could you pick that wording? Like, how could you foresee that you're going to disappear? 
So there's something about Carol that I just find really un- uneasy about her because like that's the one thing that isn't kind of like a hearsay thing that I'm like, well, that's one thing that she did that we know kind of makes her dodgy. Everything yeah. else is just what people are saying about her. Yeah, because it is hard to trust because like you said, there is a lot of gossip and like hearsay and just like defamatory things being said just because, you know, if we can tarnish that lady's represent like that her reputation well then our zoo will be the top zoo in florida or whatever do you know what i mean there's a lot of that going on but there's also just a lot of crazy strange behavior from everyone involved because i feel like even myself the whole way through i kind of like doc antel and i feel like he's very like direct and sort of like upfront about everything and seems to be like fairly unbiased or at least that's how he appears to be and then at the end you find out that he was like what was he doing i remember but he was doing something like unsolicitous anyway and it's like okay well oh, even utilizing him, the cubs no, no, it was something else like that. It was like he was underage. Was it sex? Was it something underage with a sex with a minor or something he did at the end? It comes up and it's like shit. Like even someone like him who seemed to have like at least a little bit of like moral standing was actually secretly involved in all this bad stuff. And it's like everyone in this, there's no one comes out looking good. No. Oh, absolutely not. Like the, What I like about the whole thing is that there that there was no redemptive quality in this documentary at all. It wasn't trying to be like, oh, these people look bad. But really, there's this silver lining. They're like, no, no, like here are here's the facts as hard as we can get them. And we're trying to make this as accurate as possible, a portrayal yeah. of everyone. And like, oh, like there's so many things when you're kind of like, especially because because it mainly focuses on Joe, like he is the principal character in the whole documentary series and it just kind of flits in and out of other people and kind of their opinions on the situation or on the industry or whatever. The one thing that I thought was so miserable was when Joe basically sold out his family and bankrupted his parents and they tried to blame it on Carol. Even on video, his parents were saying like, oh, and if Carol Baskin hadn't done this, we wouldn't have lost our house or whatever. But it was because Joe put their name on so many documents and to protect himself that he completely sold out his family. And I was just like, I was like, no, that's like unforgiving. I was like, how could you do that? And so it's so easy to get, again, sucked into him because he's such an enigmatic character. But then it's when you see those kind of behind the scenes things that are like said, like really hush hush and everything that you're like, Christ, you, you, you're not a good person. No, he's definitely not a good person. Definitely not. I think I don't think there's any good people in it, to be honest. I feel like everyone watching it, I'm like, every single one of you is a bit of a weirdo, like, and not in a harmless way, in a kind of like, like, weirdly ominous way. Like, I feel like nothing feels stable and nothing feels like normal. Everything feels bizarre and crazy. And it's like, it's such a weird, they're like, and the tigers and the animals are really just accessories to that, these accessories to these people. I actually haven't seen anything like it before, which I love. Like, it's really different because it's a different kind of documentary because like, kind of everything that became popular the last couple of years was all about, like, kind of murders and and other forms of criminals and everything like that and kind of going through the system, particularly in the US. And so now we're seeing another one. And yes, of course, there is, like, murder involved or the suspect the suspicion of murder and murder for hire and everything. But it's more just the fascination of the of the animal industry particularly the exotic animal industry in the US like it's fascinating so it's such a good watch such a good watch so highly highly recommend now that isn't there's tons of stuff to watch on Netflix as well but I feel like that's really my topic oh god yeah I think I'll let's let's save another recommendation for our next episode we can't overwhelm the people mm-hmm. like we want yeah, people to I, watch I Tiger King so let's move on let's move on I think like I'll, we're, we're known for our, our music chat shall so, we shall we please okay so we're going to save a certain someone to last, I think. 
although lots of you probably expecting me to leave for her first, but I'm actually going to leave it to someone else, a boy, which is weird for me because like we've often had this conversation, Laura, I don't tend to like male vocalists, which is interesting because I love this person and you're not so keen. And of course, talking about The weekend's latest album, After Hours, which came out, I think, two weeks ago now. And I've been hammering it. I think it's incredible. It's full of like this like noir romanticism and sort of like it's grungy, but then also like electronic. And it's like, oh, I'm obsessed. But Laura, you don't like his voice. No, I'm. So what's a shame is so when Alex and I were deciding our topics for today and we went with our first one, we're like, yeah, perfect. Second one, yeah, perfect. Third one, perfect. And then Alex is like, oh, and The weekend's album. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I was like, let me compromise. I was like, you send me your favorite songs and I'll listen to them. So Alex sent me a list of four because it's quite long album, isn't it? Alex? Um, well, the last four are actually just remixes, but those are also essential. So yes, Interesting. We'll, we'll call it 16. Okay. And so then I went to listen to one of them. And the, the, the problem is I just I don't like his voice like I find it I, I couldn't even listen to the full song and I feel so bad because like usually I'm kind of like oh just power through but no I no I, I couldn't do it and I really wanted to give you the benefit of the doubt Al and that's why I asked for your favorites because I was like maybe they'll grip me oh really no, you just weren't you just couldn't be involved no and I wish I could have I'll even find you the song that I was listening to and I'll tell you exactly which one it is because it's one of your favorites and oh, then you God. can talk about why you love it. Let's see, which one was I listening to? It was, it was, I think it was, was Save Your Tears one? <gasps> no, In favorite. Your Eyes. Yeah, and I tried to listen oh, to it. Oh my God, like, no, stop. Can't do it, can't do it. I love everything it. about it, the soaring synth, his vocal. The, no, everything about the song is amazing. That's actually my favorite song. And so like if that, if you can't even listen to that, then I'm like, okay, well, initial start tastes aren't aligned. But I feel like, Listeners, you know which one of us you are. You're either a Laura or you're an Alex. So if you're an Alex, this you should listen. And if you're Laura, I don't know. Yeah, maybe don't, don't listen. Or maybe like listen to. It. Okay, so the top three that I recommended to Laura were Save Your Tears was one I think, but that might have been my like least favorite one of them because to me, Save Your Tears, there's this really kind of like stereotypical like '80s synth line, and it's a bit pastiche if you know what I mean like it's a bit kind of like cringy almost or could kind of sound cringy sometimes it depends on the mood even I'm like oh Abel like don't do that but um my top three are After Hours which is obviously what the album was named after which is like this like six minute long it feels like two different songs it's like moody it's slow and it's amazing it's like really emotional and this is the main thing about this album I feel like I've always been a Weekend fan but I've kind of struggled with this like sometimes he can be very Look, I think he really excels when he talks about himself and his actual genuine emotions. And I feel like this is a really honest portrayal of him as an artist. And so it's not hidden behind all these lyrics about like having sex with tons of women or blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm sure he is. Like, but also like how kind of like interesting can that be? Like five, six years into your career, like we need something new. And I feel like this is not necessarily something new. It's very reminiscent of his early work, but it's something great. And it's, I'm, I know you don't like it, but I'm going to stand by my opinion that it's a really, really good album. And I actually think it it really works as an album. As in, I was looking at it before we came on. I was thinking, okay, well, so, sorry, full disclosure. My top three were After Hours, In Your Eyes, which was the one that Laura didn't like very much. But, um, I mean, look, we'll like, you know, we'll just leave that go. Save Your Tears is really good as well. And I really like Escape from LA. But, I feel like every single song on the album is kind of 
required you know like i i feel like certain albums you can take certain songs out and it's just on its own those four minutes are really good and certain other albums you actually need to listen to that four minutes in conjunction with the four minutes that came before it and the four that come after it and it's definitely one of those albums so it's hard for me to maybe pick i picked the highlights for me but you know they can be low that's for you i guess laura but if it's a voice thing i i can relate to that and i kind of i feel like if you don't like someone's voice there's no real getting on board with them fully you know there's no real getting behind them as an artist if you don't just naturally like how their voice sounds exactly and am i happy for you that you've found another album that you love absolutely and guys as we're saying if you're an alex go listen to it if you're a laura probably don't but if you're a hybrid and if you're an alora well then do it you never know you might like even half the songs and i would be delighted for you but can we please talk about someone who we both sure i think i know i think you know who i'm talking the listeners will should also hopefully know who we're talking about we're talking about Miss Doolipa, who has released her sophomore album this Friday, entitled Future mm-hmm. Nostalgia. And frankly, Laura, I'll let you let let's hear your opinions first. Because Laura, maybe yeah, you can yes. you take the reins here. Let's go. Exactly. I am on it. Because Alex mm. is more of the stan. Like Alex is like a proper duo fan. And I, I'm I really do like Dua, to be honest, particularly because like I tend to go more towards like male pop, but like Dua, she's killing the game. I I'm a little bit obsessed with her in kind of so many ways. Like, for instance, she's definitely one of my, like, my oh, girl. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's a stunningly so beautiful woman. My God. And I really, really like her music. I actually really like her voice. I think she's a very distinctive voice. And I think it, it translates well live and as a recording artist. So I'm going to go to the album here, guys. I'm, I'm so excited. And I haven't heard these. I said, and I'm excited. And I hope we overlap. Exactly. Because Alex didn't want me to say it until we were recording because he wanted an authentic reaction. So Al, what I'm going to do is of her three singles she's released so far, I'm going to say okay. which is my favourite of those. And then I'm going to say what my three favourite okay, songs love that, yeah. from the album That's covering are. all the bases for me. Yeah, perfect. Okay. So for the for the singles, guys, hopefully you've heard them all. But I have to say my favourite has okay, to be yeah. Don't Start Now. So, so Don't Start Now is, is like eternal it there's no aging it it's just like it's as fresh now i feel like as it was when it first came out like six months ago like that song is out six months like it's crazy but it's no i know and it doesn't feel it at all so i i agree yeah i love it i think it was a really good like start song to kind of give uh, a taster of the album because it's not kind of going for the full like 80s motif that she's going for in physical and physical is a great song really enjoy physical um but don't don't start now it's like one that i have on repeat i love it like no i think that that was the one for me i think her most recent song that she then released there the other day um was it a, a week ago al that she released which one are you talking about now talking about break your heart um i'm talking yes break uh, my wednesday heart. yes wednesday have to say not as big a fan of it like it's good it's just a bit slow for my liking but like and when I say slow, like, I think it's more because the first time I heard it was when I watched the video and I didn't like the video. So maybe Laura. that's what's holding me back here. But I know, don't, I'll, this is why we talk about these things so we I can know. see each other's sides. I and know. that's how we For grow. Your side is so wrong. So, okay, go on. Don't you dare stop it. No, <laughs> back to me. So okay. Don't Start Now is my song. And then my top three are oh! Levitating, ah! Cool, Okay. And hallucinate. Okay, they're good picks. Good picks. I thought you were going to say my, because those are kind of my three. You have my top. Okay. You actually have two out of my three. 
gorgeous. Okay, so tell me your fave single, then tell me your top three, okay, well, and I then we'll just list the album. So that makes it easier for me because I can now include actually two of three of your songs in my top three because my favorite single is probably Physical. I just think Physical is a kinetic rush and it's 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 just it's unstoppable it just goes and it won't stop and i love it and it's electrifying every time i play it i'm like oh i feel like it takes me to a different place and it not very often songs that come along and yeah now having said that before i do all this this album is fucking incredible so like it's very hard for me to pick songs and like even i was trying to think earlier it it'd be very hard for me to pick say I can pick my top two and then after that, I feel like they're all kind of equal except for another two that I'll discuss. So my favorite three, mm. if I was like, you know, if you had me and I had to, so I'm going with Cool because I love Cool. I'm so ha- glad, I'm so happy you said Cool. Great cool song. My, when I first listened to the album, I was like, Cool. I was like, oh my God. So like the way the track is worse, you kind of hear the songs that we've already heard and then you hear Cool is one of the first new songs we heard. And it's just like, it's a, it's so good. It's amazing. I love, love Hallucinate. But I'm going to pick Levitating instead because mm-hmm. Levitating is better than Hallucinate in my opinion. Anyway. I don't know if that's controversial. But yeah, I like Hallucinate, but it would also be the one that I'm not like, it hasn't fully gripped me the way I've seen people on Twitter and all of his name. It hasn't gripped me yet like that. But my ultimate favorite is Love Again. And it's just amazing. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's like ABBA meets like, it's like ABBA meets Dua Lipa. It's crazy. It's so good. It's, there's strings. There's a string outro and a string intro. And I love strings and the message I love. And it just bounces. But like the whole album is effortless. It's it's just easy. It's just smooth. It's just everything seems to work. There are very few lulls. And this is actually an example of an album that I feel like you can kind of take out any song. And I think all songs translate. Now, there are two that I don't love as much. Those being Good and Bad and Boys Will Be Boys. But even them, after me listening to them now for the last couple of days, I'm like, I love the two of them. Like, it's like, I think this album is my favourite album since Tanache's album. And we all know how I reacted to the Tanache oh. album and how long that went on. So... Oh my yes, God, high praise. praise so, guys. You know, I might be talking about Dua for the foreseeable future, but frankly, I think she's earned it. The whole rollout, the campaign, everything was perfect. And I keep saying this and people are like, why? But like, I'm so proud of her. I'm really, really proud. Like, I've been a fan. This isn't a, like, I've been a fan since this. It's just, I have. I've known a Dua and been a fan of Dua since New Love, which is like maybe 2015. And we had Be The One, we had Hot As Hell and all these songs. I'm like, oh my God, these are all good. And then I'll be honest, the debut album, was good but wasn't like it was good you know i was glad it did well and new rules is amazing and there are some really great songs but there's also a lot of kind of dirge and kind of like stuff that just kind of drags a little bit and her voice is great she has an amazing voice but maybe wasn't produced as well as it is here it's very well produced here she hits notes that i didn't know she could hit she also sounds like i didn't know she could sound um in love again there's a bit where she kind of does some ad-libs at the back and I'll actually tweet out a timestamp. And I'm, I was convinced there was Ariana in the background. I was like, is that Ariana in the background? Like, I was like, oh, okay, right. Yeah, they do kind of mm. seem to pop the air out of the balloon a little bit, don't they? They come at the end and it's a bit like, ooh. They just, they're, they just, they're very lackluster and they just, they don't sound as good. And it's not even, I'm not even talking about production value. I'm even just kind of talking about kind of like something that you'd want to replay, something that you would like dance to. Like, it's just kind of a bit, 
boring and then it's funny because I kind of got like a Lily Allen sense to good in bed like I know it's like kind of it's like opposite of what Lily Allen was saying with um what was her song again about having Not sex fair. with her boyfriend not fair thank you so I kind of got that sense to it like it made me think of another artist you know what I mean like it didn't yes. even kind of make me think like actually, oh yeah get it do I yes and I, what I will say is especially boys will be boys I actually like boys will be boys now but it's also the most liked the debut album like all the other songs kind of have their own identity and they're very much tied into the future nostalgia vibe whereas I think you could almost put boys will be boys on Dua Lipa at the album and you wouldn't notice it and that's not a great thing especially yeah. when that album we had so many delays so many singles so many collaborations it was a, kind of a mess like you don't necessarily want to be like I always felt like with Dua's first album it was about platform building and it was about getting your name out there and it did all that but it also like it's like in 10 years time I think New Rules will be the one that people know and people remember and there's there like maybe IDGAF but like there isn't a whole lot of there not a whole lot of career standards but this is full to the brim and then when you put kind of maybe a slightly more average songs in there they just stand out so much but it, it is a good thing it's a good thing that they stand out because they stand out because they're so lackluster in but comparison I don't think with they're the rest standing of the out for good reasons is what's the problem you know what I mean because like I'd love to completely back you up and be like yes this album is a standout it's it's what we wanted from like all the good goodness of her first album and then she's just throwing that into the second album full force but then when you like because for me, like this five nerdy lackluster songs, like because two of them, I'm like, no, I just don't want to listen to them. And then mm. Future Nostalgia, I like the chorus. I don't like the verses. Okay. I think Future Nostalgia for me is like a bit of a mission statement. And so that's why, I, like, like, for me, there are two songs that I still like. They're like seven out of tens is how I would describe Boys mm-hmm. and Boys and the, other, and the other one, Good and Bad. And actually kind of maybe slightly creeping up the more I listen to them. But I feel like the other nine are good enough to make up for them. So for me, they stand out because they're not up to the standard of the rest of the album. Not necessarily that they're bad songs. I don't think they're bad. It's just that they're not very good. And I think everything else surrounding them is so great. That's why they, they're they like, they're highlighted by their, they are substandard. I don't know. Yeah, they're very average. Them. Yeah, they're just average. And that's, and that's what, what the problem was with the first album. And that's why I'll admit, I'm fully shocked. I am shocked. Like I've always loved her and believed in her, but I'm shocked that it's as good as it is. I'm it's I'm like on cloud nine and I'm so happy for her. Yeah, I am very happy for her because I do think it's a great sophomore album. The thing is there's four tiers for me. So there's like the top tier, which is my favorite songs, which would be Don't Start Now, Cool, Levitating, and Hallucinate. Thank you. I already forgot my, my fourth song. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other ones being physical and then Break My Heart would be on the second tier. And then third tier would be probably Future Nostalgia, um, Pretty Please and Love Again. Because I, I don't particularly like them. I'm like, yeah, they're grand. There's parts of them that I like, but I don't like the full song. And then there's Good and Bad and Boys Will Be Boys. I'm like, no, I don't like them. No. Now, I'm hoping I just have, I'm assuming I just haven't listened to the album enough. And that will grow on me. Because, guys, we all know every album has growers. There ain't no denying that. No one can, like, can produce and, like, you know hand out something perfect that we all love from the from the bat like you just you don't you know there has to be a grower because that's what makes you like listen to the album over and over again so who knows maybe of those other five they'll they'll you know scrape up to the other rungs but for the moment i'm like nah at least look i'm happy with six and i think that's still pretty good i think that's really good as a crossover album for the two of us six songs that you really enjoy i think is pretty good what i will say is you put one my favorite song in the third tier and guys I think I've t- proved my taste. So I think with repeated listens, Laura, love again, you'll love it. 
we we shall see. We shall see, guys. No promises be- will be made. No promises made. Okay. Like you know, I'm not going to defend. I'm not. I you know. I'm. Not, I you know. Okay. 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 It's all fine. It's all fine. Okay. Uh, I think before we call it quits, I think will we bring back everyone's favorite segment of the show? Will we do a recommendation corner? Oh my god, do we have things to recommend? I have a thing to recommend. Okay. So well, you... I have a thing to recommend too. Oh yay! Gorgeous. Okay. So, would you like to start with I stars? Who? So, like, she sounds better here than she's ever sounded. But I'm just so proud. Like, even be the one was my favorite song of that year i think that was 2017 maybe but like i didn't foresee this for her this sort of like perfect pop album someone the first person in a while that feels like who just was able to really release an album the rollout was perfect and it wasn't perfect the the rollout was terrible the album leaked a week ago but the response was what mattered like instead of i'm also going to drag a little bit of lady gaga here so if there's some gaga fans i'm sorry but like do his album leaked and the reaction was to bring the release forward so that you know the leak was kind of minimized and that everyone had the content and the fans weren't upset and that you know everything was kind of ready to go and that's such a powerful move to make is to be like do you know what screw you guys yeah you have to take my album and leak it but i'm not going to let you control the narrative and i'll i'll do it and i'll do it on my terms and then she was very emotional about it on live streams and stuff because it is hard as an artist to have your work stolen and then put out there for free and not even for free but it ruins the excitement of it you don't get to be the first one to show your fans what you've made which is just such a weird concept you know it's such a weird idea to have someone make something but that person not being the person that gets to give it to the world you know it's such a horrible feeling i must feel like lady gaga on the other hand didn't have a leak Super Love leaked a month before the single came out but she kind of stuck to her guns too but has now pushed back her album indefinitely so that album has now been shelved and we don't know when that's going to pick back up so just every scene like at every stage the artwork the performances the release strategy the singles chosen everything was just so powerful and so well played and it just I'm so proud of her I will have to say as far as campaign goes like fantastic and I'm loving this aesthetic she's going for. She's really like revitalizing and bringing back the 80s. And we love to see it. Now, I will say, though, because especially like I think it's good for us to have different views because like obviously like you're like the proper like stand, like you love Dua and stuff like that. And I really like her music. I'm not as invested as you are. So for me, I feel like I can have a different perspective on the album, which is good for the two of us to be able to kind of have different sides of the coin. So as we know, really like those three songs that I said. I do really like the three um, singles that she released as well. I'd probably say Don't Start Now, then Physical, then Break My Heart, to be honest. Kind of like in the order which she released them would probably be my faves. Just like, you know, personal preference, whatever. And then there's the other three I like. So that's mm-hmm. six. And I have to say, so of the other five, completely agree with you. I think you should go. I talked a lot there. Okay, Gorge. Well, then mine is actually a music recommendation. So guys, if you remember from the start of the episode, I was saying how I'd kind of gotten not my, off my Netflix bud, but holy moly, let's start that sentence again. I got off my Netflix buzz for a little while because I got into YouTube. And so there's a YouTuber that I was watching um, who does music as well. His name is Scott Sire. You, if you guys watch the Vlog Squad or David Dobrik at all, you've probably seen him in a couple of videos. I didn't think I was going to get into the Vlog Squad, guys. I am enamored. I find their videos to be very entertaining. Well, most of them, not all of them. Some of them are very annoying. But back to Scott Sire, he also does music and he just released a single there this week called Breakfast in the Park. And it's a really, really, really good song. I have it on repeat all week. I'm really enjoying it. So- um. Okay, interesting. Okay, let me start the sentence. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about you recommending our audience listen to a YouTube musician. I don't know what that says about our brand or, or if he's your brand. 
I have to say, I was really surprised that I liked him out because, like, especially because, like, his thing is that he's known for rap, and I'm just kind of like, ew, okay, ew, oh, no, ew, right. ew. I know, and I was just kind of like, oh no. And then I started listening to some of his songs, and the ones which aren't rap heavy, really good because they've got. Because actually, I think you might like him because he's like synth and he's poppy and stuff. I want you to listen to him as well, Al, actually, and then we'll get your opinion on him. Okay, and is his voice like what is his voice good or no, though, Laura? Is what I'm asking. Oh no, it's it's good. Like you you know that I can't listen to vocalists that I don't like. Like I've I've made that kind of abundantly clear over mm. the episodes, guys. So I have to say I actually do really like his voice. That's good. Okay, well I guess for mine then I won't recommend any more music because we've kind of overwhelmed you. There's two really great albums that I would recommend you guys listen to. But if I'm asked for another one, I am currently Oh, oh my god. So I'm a little bit behind the times and I this is you're caught me off guard with the recommendation corner. I have a couple of things I could recommend, but I'm gonna recommend something that I watched a couple of weeks ago which is Cheer, the Netflix documentary about <gasps> cheerleaders. Because let me tell you guys, I have never been so wrapped up in something that I knew nothing about as much as I was with the show. Like, I know nothing about cheerleading. Like, us Irish people don't have cheerleaders. We don't have people doing things like that. And actually, that's not fair. We do have cheerleaders. We just don't, like, it wouldn't be necessary. We don't have, like, a high school type of situation. So, like, the way that they're front and centre in American society wouldn't be where... Irish cheerleaders would find themselves like it's very niche I guess here and but I was just totally caught up in it like the determination the physicality of it all the admiration I have for these people like the drama of it there's everything that show has everything and it's really good and I feel like when I've recommended it to people like in person I get this sort of like oh cheerleading eye roll and I'm like low-key like I wasn't exactly like exude to like listen like watch a cheerleading documentary either but I gave it a shot and it's amazing and it's me telling you it's amazing so watch it it is so good, guys. I haven't even finished watching it, Al, because I started it before I moved. And then with the whole like chaos of moving and then coming home, I haven't actually finished it. So, guys, we might even do a short segment on it in next week's episode. Sorry, I won't even say next week's because God knows with me, I get ahead of myself. But in our next <laughs> Tomorrow's episode... Tomorrow's episode! <laughs> this afternoon's episode. Um, <laughs> we're going live on Instagram! No, we're not. But depending on the reaction from you guys, and Al and I will obviously discuss this in our production meetings, mm-hmm. but we might do a small segment on it because I think it's so worth talking about because there's such a huge misconception with it, as you were saying just there. So maybe we'll do like a little five, yes. ten minute segment, Al, because God knows I love cheer. Maybe we'll and- really, yeah, and you can finish it and we'll really use our platform to like, you know, for good. To educate the masses. Yeah, for the goodness of cheer. Of course, the goodness of cheer and all the hard work that they do. Yeah. Gorgeous. So guys, if there's anything in particular you want us to talk about or hear our opinions on, because God knows you love hearing our opinions, you know where to find us. Sure, we're at ITTO podcast on uh, Twitter. And Al, would you like to say your handle? Yeah, I'm Alex J. Riley. So on everything, really. So if you want me on anywhere, that's where I'd be. You know, I'm a bit more, I feel like when people tweet me opinions about the podcast, I can be a little bit more defensive in the sense that like you know don't tweet me telling me that my opinion is wrong because you're wrong but <laughs> laura i'm <laughs> laughing at them not oh, you yes Alex. okay yes we're on mm. the same side but you know some casual like you know yeah feel free if you want but don't expect me to be like oh yeah that's so true yeah we do love like why like like someone tweeted me i said about um I didn't tweet her. I was texting someone and said about podcasting and they're like, oh, you got to discuss the Nile Horan album. And I just was like, oh my God, I might give you an idea. Do you want to discuss the Nile Horan album? Um, See, sure. this is what I was worried about. No, I don't want to discuss the Nile Horan album. I'm sure it's great, but I have no interest, you guys. I have none. 
No, neither do I as well, unfortunately. Because like I'd love to go for a pint with him. I'm sure he'd be yeah, like Yeah, he hilarious. seems lovely. Yeah, he seems lovely. It's no and like I'm sure the music is good and the music when I hear it, I'm like, it's good, but I'm also not gonna sit down. I was gonna say I don't have the time to stand listen to the album, but like I just don't want to. <laughs> like I don't want to listen to twelve songs. Yeah, if you don't want to it, listen like... to it during a pandemic, you never want to listen yeah, to like, it. Yeah, it's a good test. Like Yeah, guys, so thanks. Um we'd love a recommendation. <laughs> we'd love a re- no. In all seriousness, if you want to get in touch with us, sure you can. But we will probably hear from us soonish and we do hope you guys are staying safe and keep washing those hands and we really hope you enjoyed the podcast and yeah like laura said my at is at alex j Riley. laura i'm going to awkwardly ask you to announce yours mine is at l-o-r-g-a-s-m i also have a second one now that i'm i'm what you call it using for more professional things called at laws mcdonough which is l-o-z-m-c-d-o-n-a-t-h oh very yes professional because <laughs> it gets a little bit awkward when you are professionally tagged at l-o-r-g-a-s-m but i refuse to give up the handle so guys you can reach me on either of those platforms that's on instagram oh, oh no it's not even my instagram oh i'm at l-o-r-g-a-s-m-i-c on instagram oh, because God, i actually lost the password for the first oh, one so no. look just go if, if in doubt go find Alex and then in his like following just like go look for my name I don't know that's all I can do for you right now <laughs> but thanks for listening we love to have you here and we look forward to you know chatting again guys and having like our fun little our fun little tete-a-tete as always me and Al and we'll see you we'll see you on the other side see you guys soon I feel like that's what I'm trying to use this pandemic thing as like a te- like it's literally like it's really putting a spotlight on the things that I really like and the things that I find essential to my everyday life but also like just a cr- it's giving me so much perspective and prospectively I just don't have any time ever for Niall Horan's albums like and that doesn't mean I don't like him or wish him the best I think he's really sound it's just that I just don't I just don't some people just don't float your boat, guys. I'm afraid that that's it. So, of course, we do still appreciate the recommendations. Yes, guys. thank you for getting in touch with us, guys. Yes, we'd love to hear it. But yes. it's just, it would be very inauthentic of us to review an album that we that we didn't, that we didn't have in our hearts. I don't yeah, think it's fair exactly. on you guys. You don't deserve to have substandard quality, you know, content going in. 